Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode, which is a very special one, R200. That's two double ops, if you're keeping track at home, like I used to say on the original run. But we finally made it to 200, and what better way to celebrate that than with Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. That's the Demonic Dean's pick, so we're going to get there eventually, but I survive it. Uh, but we're going to find out. I have some thoughts, so we're going to stay tuned for that in the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, but before that, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, my faithful co-host, the Golgi Keith. Holy shit! Was that a zombie fetus? What is up, everybody? Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 200. How are you feeling tonight? I am grand. I am excited. I'm erect, elated, ecstatic. I'm a lot of e-words. <laughs> I can only get so erect. I can only get so aroused. But I'm also joined by a psychotic simian. A word. Prince of Amor. For episode 200. Get funky with it. Purple right, monkey. Yeah, keep it up, funky. Keep it up, fresh. This is the bad monkey. Broadcasting to you live from the drunken monkey. Rehabilitation Committee. Where we, the Talking Terror crew, are bringing you... Our 200th episode of Talking Terror, the best motherfucking horror podcast there is in all of the motherfucking land. But do we have only 200 episodes? Hell no. We have even more in the vault. And where can you find all of these motherfuckers? You can find them on Spotify. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them on Blog Talk. You can find them all. You can listen with your mama. You can listen with your neighbor. You can listen with the motherfucking next to you on the bus. It doesn't fucking matter. But just... Fucking listen! What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> All right, there it is. My man, Monty, hitting it hard. Hitting that real cocaine heavy. <laughs> so, he's got the finest production of cocaine that I could send. Because the monkey, the monkey wants the motherfucking smoke. That's what's going on. The monkey wants the smoke. <laughs> There's Johnson just gave him smoke. You know, Maker said that he's got nice his tapioca cup. Well, he's also got his cocaine. I do cocaine. Oh, if you feel like that, you have to. But also, not to be self-short, we are also other co-hosts for this episode. The Demonic Dean, the guy who picked tonight's episode. Welcome to the show, sir. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is my evening. Thank you. And being that I just uh, got into the system just now, I, I, based on what our very own King of Horror has just stated, I feel compelled to ask. Uh, the monkey was a little bit more rambunctious than usual for this opening. Is that is that what I'm to understand? He had to be. It's the 200th episode. So I sent him that special package of cocaine. The two episodes of cocaine. The cocaine. It, 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 
<laughs> it's episode 200, man. How can we not be excited about tonight's episode? No matter how bad it goes, no matter how well it goes, it is episode 200. For better or for worse, we are fucking here and we are going to fucking deliver because that's what we do here at Talking Terror, baby. <laughs> this is correct. Deliver, zombie. <laughs> this is correct. It is, it is in fact, uh, the 200th episode of this incarnation of Talking Terror. Uh, does anybody by chance, uh, I wouldn't expect anyone really to have this on the top of their heads or the tip of their tongues, but does anybody by chance happen to know uh, between uh, both incarnations of this of this program uh, how many total episodes that makes? Oh, fuck no. 300-something? <laughs> 6,482. <laughs> there he goes. I knew I can count on on the ghoul. I knew it. I knew I can count on the ghoul. It comes through with the accuracy, of, accuracy of numbers. Accuracy of numbers. Yep. Thirty-seven uh, episodes in a row, and two hundred episodes. Blue. But yeah, man, two hundred, <laughs> a milestone of sorts. And uh, for better or for worse, we're still here. Uh. To all of our loyal listeners out there, all six of you, um, I just want Thank to you, say, <laughs> I just want to say we we we, we do appreciate uh, each and every one of you. And it's more than six. I see the numbers in our in our in our in our platform and and on Spotify. So I know that there are some of you out there that are listening. We'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, you know the drill. All the usual social media places. We love we love to hear from you all. So we do. Here we, we are. Messages in the it's it's good to know that after two hundred episodes, we sound more professional than ever. Always. We're on. But but again, looking back, it's just again. I just want to thank you guys for giving me a place to sit there and watch horror, talk about horror, you know, get into it, and just have some people to actually talk about it. Like, just because, again, you know, we are who we are, and it's just the depths that we go sometimes with our movies and our horror knowledge and digging into the horror movies, it's it's just you try to talk to normal people out there, and they just look at you like, huh? And it's just great to actually have somebody who understands what the hell you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, that train left the stage with me a long time ago. Talking to normal people about horror movies. <laughs> have you seen The Conjuring? I have. Have you seen Salo? Boom. <laughs> so, no. It's, I'm glad that you're here, Monkey. Glad that you're all here. You know, instead of talking to myself in my room full of horror memorabilia, going, man, I want to watch Halloween today. It's so great. Do you know what 1978 John Carpenter directed that? It's a code script by Israel. So amazing, you guys. Why am I talking to myself? <laughs> like we have to, yes. I remember those clips. You would wear a mask while you would broadcast <laughs> from your parents' house. Yeah. Talking to all two people. They used to listen to those standing in the bedroom of my parents' house when they used to live there, wearing a Jason mask, talking about the latest car releases. Like I was fucking cool or something like that. I was like, oh, thanks, all two of you that care. I have an audience. <laughs> yeah, but, but like the dean said, now we have six. <laughs> we now have six. We are. 
and we are proud of all of our listeners. We love you all very deeply. Monkey may be deeper than, than most, but deeply. the rest of us love you. No, 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 not deeper than most. I got a tiny, tiny little English monkey dick, so I can only go two inches. So it's not that deep. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, I don't measure, you know, so nor should you complain about the size. Of, your of, dick. Co- of course you don't measure. You wear magnums. Of course you don't fucking measure. <laughs> because I'm fat and I have a heating problem, so I have to wear a bigger condom. Because if I get fat, that gets fat too, okay? It's an issue, and I'm working on it. But, hey, man, you can't control that. I will build some big bones and, and this, everywhere. And this, and this mixed with this charming voice is why the king of our gets all the side action off the show, from the show. He does? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't get much. I mean, I, I get, you know, whatever. I get, you know, letters. I mean, mostly from guys. I appreciate it. You know, they're very Thanks handsome. Tomorrow. They're very large. <laughs> well, Wait a second. Wait a second. This is this is news to me. Uh, you get letters from guy listeners, King? Is this true? Normally from prison, but it's okay. I mean, they find my address sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to wait for them when I get out. Dirty Dan is very excited to meet me when he gets out. Yeah, the King jokes, but, yeah, he's has uh, lots of um, – Female listeners hit him up over the years. It's like he is like the Charles Manson of our female listeners, where they just get drawn to him and start sending them letters and stuff like. That. They fucking love his voice. I messages about that. I was like, okay. Like, I don't know if I'm Charles Manson level. I mean, that's a that's an all star right there. But you know, hey, listen, I do what I can for people. You know, doing my thing. I mean, I'm horribly, horribly alone in my TGIF apartment of horror. So that just shows you how far I've come. <laughs> um, no, I said I, I appreciate all the messages from our male and female friends. You know, I'm I'm happy to know that you all listen. So, you know, before we turn this to a jerk fest all around, because it is a fun stuff. So, uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about before we get into horror news tonight? That's not related to the female fans or the guy right in jail. <laughs> I mean, hello, oh, you guys. Can still, <laughs> can had, still get letters more. <laughs> what? I had an interesting morning, you know. I fucking woke up this morning and like my 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 regular I'll routine. I, I I will. I'm actually going to because what better place to share this kind of shit than than, than right here on Talking Terror, <laughs> our, uh, our our outlet of discussion of of all things horror and our lives. So I wake up this morning, and my typical routine is to make myself a coffee after I shower, sit down on the couch, watch some news, and then be good to go for my, my work day ahead. Um, as I walked into the living room and looked out the, uh, the you know, the, the big window that, that's in the front of my house, uh, I happened to see a very large deer carcass just planted right on my front lawn. And I was like, what? oh, fuck, because we live, well, we live on a main road. You know, we have all woods behind mm-hmm. This happened to you at your like previous the... residence once, didn't it? Yes, except, hold on, this, this gets, this one gets uh, even more interesting. Sorry, I apologize so, so, for interrupting. I know, you're interrupting. Damn you, you're so rude, Dean. Well, I just apologize. So, so I apologize. Like, okay, I, I, I better go check this thing. I'm figuring I might even have to drag the carcass over to the road. And even at this point of the morning, I'm wondering if I could even drag it across the street to 
to the other side of the road, being that the temperatures were supposed to be about 90 degrees today, and there's nothing worse on a hot day than the smell of a rotting, you know, dead animal. So I walk over to the deer, and I see that its stomach and entrails are, like, just bursting out of it. Like, they are... Yeah, like right there. Like you see this big, huge stomach pouch. You see this other shit. You, I, I think, you know, I think its bladder was hanging out because, you know, there was like an area that had like a clear pouch that had like urine looking, you know, liquid inside of it. And it, it was definitely a very, very, very dead deer. Looking like but, a fucking tauntaun on hawk. <laughs> basically. But to my right, as I was walking over to it, was a tiny, just-born little fawn that I guess the deer was pregnant with and gave birth to. And I don't know if she got hit by a car and died or if she died giving birth to it. But the fawn was actually okay from what I could tell. Obviously, I'm not a veterinarian. Um, You know, checked its limbs for the most part, I guess. I don't know what you call it baby deer's legs, but uh, I'm going to assume limbs. Uh, It was able to move its head around. um, Besides, you know, moving its body a little bit, it would bleat. So it would bleat loud and strongly. So it sounded to me like internally he was okay, at least his lungs were. Um, So I uh, Mm. swaddled up this this poor little deer after trying to give him a little bit of comfort, the the poor thing. And uh, we had animal control come in, and they, uh, they, they took it away. And he's going to hopefully bring it to a rehab. I just, I can't bring it to my, upon myself to call and find out because if they tell me that the deer like died or if they, they, they euthanized it or something, my fucking heart will be broken and, and I'll cry like a big freaking baby. But, uh, but yeah, so, so that was my, uh, my entertaining morning. Fuck, you what happened right in the fucking stuff. Bambi? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Indeed, man, you know. A part, believe me, a part of me and the ghoul girl were like, hey, we should just add this to our menagerie and, uh, and keep it along with all the other animals. But, uh, but no, we weren't going to do that because we, we're grown-ups and we know better. So, uh, so for any of those that are listening, I can actually pop a picture up on, on, the, on the Insta for, for you all to see. See, and this is why we don't let Tim Burton direct the remake of Bambi. Because this is what it would be is some side of the road kind of shit like you're just saying right now, ghoul. <laughs> well, I did not take pictures of the dead one. Uh, I probably should have. But I just, you know, uh, again, I couldn't, it, was, it was pretty messy. So, so fairly gnarly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Wow. Oh, wow. All okay. right. So, did anybody else so, animals on the way to uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That is a negative on my part, sir. Okay. So, moving on to horror news, what have you got for us, Dean? Well, what a what a segue that was, monkey. Shake your hand. Uh, <laughs> All right. professional. So, <laughs> last week, and, and, and I just happened to see this updated news today, but uh, last week here, right here on uh, Talking Terror, on this, on this very program, this very weekly program that we do, I talked about how Amazon was in talks to 
uh, purchase MGM in talks. And that report a week ago uh, had the deal coming in somewhere in the around the ten billion dollar range, and uh, the deal is done. And it seems that uh, Amazon has purchased MGM for eight point forty five billion dollars. Um, yes, uh, this is a this is a, a move totally made to complement all of the work that Amazon Studios has done. Uh, their plan is to grow and preserve MGM's history and catalog and give greater access uh, to the over 4,000 film catalog. Um, big move for Amazon is, you know, they continue to, you know, branch out into to more and more different avenues in their quest to take over the world. But uh, it seems <laughs> that this kind of studio consolidation uh, you know, especially with so much focus being on streaming, is continuing uh, to take place in uh, in different areas as well. Because I also learned that just, uh, you know, like a week ago on, on the 17th, uh, that in a $43 billion deal, uh, AT&T uh, spun off Warner Media, which included, includes HBO and Warner Brothers, to Discovery. Um, hmm. So Discovery now owns Warner Brothers and HBO, all the all the subsidiaries of Warner Media, and uh, you know these companies continue to consolidate and uh, make their power moves. And you know, as right now, the big three in streaming at the top, uh, you know, are Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus. So uh, other companies looking to jockey for position and gain a foothold and, and stay in the race. So uh, I've long said on this show. And, and you all know that I have that there's just there's going to come a point, And I think we're even maybe there where there's just way too many pay streaming services that they're they're all going to have to start cutting deals and joining forces uh, and so on and so forth. Because, you know, all of these streaming services were billed as like the alternative to cable and cut the cord and and save money. And now, uh, especially with studios uh, that have gotten into the game that have a catalog that can keep it for themselves exclusively, uh, you know, it's just too much. And a perfect example I was reading today uh, that this summer, and it doesn't hit so much uh, because I'm a fan. Uh, of course, that's a piece of it, but also because I use it so much as a resource, as a teacher, uh, this summer, uh, the, the Twilight Zone is leaving Netflix and is, going to become exclusive to Paramount Plus. Uh, now, oh. I use uh, yeah. Twilight Zone in several different uh, ways uh, in, in my lessons. I use The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. I use The Obsolete Man. Yeah. I use um, The Hitchhiker. Uh, and, and some of those are, are, are codependent on work right from the middle school literature textbooks. So... Um, that's going to be a bummer for me. And obviously I will find my ways to be able to present the episodes, but like, that's just a bummer. That stuff's been on Netflix forever. Um, so it'll be curious to see what happens moving forward, but two huge deals. Uh, You're just going to have to get billions of dollars. Plus, <laughs> billions of dollars shuffling around in, in some of these moves. So I, I would imagine that this is not the last of this kind of move uh, that we'll be hearing about in the coming months, the coming years, et cetera, et cetera. 
it's going to be entertaining when all of these streaming services, which are all about cutting the cord and breaking away from cable, are all going to be owned by the cable companies. Um, because at that point, it's just going to bring the money back to them anyway. You might as well have just kept your damn cable service. Are they, though? Uh, it's like, just... Is Comcast Infinity or, or uh, Optimum going to be able to buy like, like a streaming service? Like, Do you really think that's going to happen? I mean, it's who we, who knows in this day and age. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, look, we just watched Amazon buy an entire studio with thousands of thousands of movie properties and big name movie properties too. You know what I mean? They now yes. own James Bond. You know, they they own Rocky. some of the biggest. They own Rocky. They own some of the biggest franchises in history. Um. You know, and this is just some you know company that that got together in the '90s and decided, hey, you know, we want to try to help people ship shit to people. Uh, it's just, <laughs> interesting. It's a very interesting way to go. Um, but but yeah, I mean, again, as somebody that uh, on the other end of the spectrum, somebody that literally has just about every streaming service, I think streamlined. I want some company out there to get together organize these things so that this way I can have one payment and have access to my services because I have so many various things going out through various platforms. Some of them I've purchased through iTunes. Some of them I've purchased through, through PayPal and other ones are purchased through my regular credit card. Um, so, so having to keep track of all of this at this point is insane. And there are probably so many of these services that I'm not even using that I'm probably paying for. And yep. I don't even remember that I have them. I yep. can't even tell you the last time I used Paramount Plus. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Which one is that? Forgot that? The one that's going to have Twilight Zone soon. Oh, man. <laughs> What's your login? At least I know, I'm gonna, I, know I use Peacock <laughs> monthly because I use Peacock for the freaking pay-per-views. I haven't used Peacock for anything else. So, so basically, I now have Peacock for two shitty pay-per-views that I've had to watch. You know, a bad WrestleMania and a bad WrestleMania backlash brought to you by Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Oh, did you now? Now on Netflix. Yeah, they need true. our help. Yeah, they do. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's so what else is Amazon? Uh, they own RoboCop. So, yeah. Is that, Robocop's owned they do by Amazon. RoboCop. Yeah, it is. Now. Yeah, Robocop is part of that MGM deal. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. because that's an Orion. So that all goes in with Orion because now MGM owns Orion. Yeah, so I don't. I don't, I don't know that the executives play. are are looking at Robocop and, and like and like rubbing their hands together, going, "Oh, thank God we no, have absolutely this one. they are. Um, absolutely they, they are. Should they should be at this man." As crazy as this might sound, one, being that it's a cult classic that it is, that right there alone kind of garners some attention. But two, you'd be surprised. As much as we may not like that 2014 movie, a lot of critics actually did. So don't be too surprised. Yeah. That, did it make any money, you know, though? Amaz- it, it didn't make all that much. But again, they... So there you go. The right executives in the boardroom don't give a fuck about whether the critics like it. They give a fuck about whether it made any money. Or whether it makes money, but they know that the franchise can make money. They know that the demand is out there. And the one thing that Amazon is constantly looking for are science fiction properties. 
something that this MGM deal gives them a plenty. One of the other shows slash movie franchises that I had mentioned to you earlier, the Stargate franchise, is now under their command. So here you go. So you oh. have Disney Plus, you know, with their entire Star Wars universe. Well, now, you know, Amazon can throw some money towards, you know, this property that, you know, in my opinion, has always been underutilized. I know there's big fans of the television series of that stuff. I always wanted them to stay within the movies. It's the kind of film, that first film had a lot of great concept that I just never felt got explored properly. Um, so, so maybe we're going to see it. We're about to see it with HBO Max, with Warner, with the Dune series. You know, that right there is going to be hopefully their next big breakout coming in like October. Yeah, which is still delayed. It's like uh, that thing's not supposed to come out, yeah, like you said, until October. Because you go to the uh, stores now, all the toys are out there, you know, FYE and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, shit, did I miss it? You know, and I was just doing research this past weekend. I was like, yeah, this was pushed back until October for the Chapter 1 of the Mm -hmm. new series. Which, yeah, now is also going to the role of it with the whole Chapter 1. This is the first half of of a, a larger film, so... It will be too yeah. far. But I'm okay with that. As long as it's going to explore that world in a way that, uh, for one, listen, I've had enough of sitting in the, Well, obviously, listen, that's coming out on HBO Max, too, so I'm not going to lie. There's a good chance I don't see that in theaters. But I might. You never know. By that oh, point, man. I really may be going to the theaters on the regular again. Big sandworms in, in the movie theater experience. That'll be a lot of fun. Hell but yeah. But four-hour movies... Eh, you know, let's let's take it slow. You know, like I think the first movie I want to see in the theater, maybe let's hit like a nice ninety-minute comedy or a ninety-minute horror film, something like that. I'm not ready to dive into the two two and a half hour epic films yet. No, no, I, that's what I did on Sunday. I went to go see Spiral. That was a nice ninety-three minute movie, nice and tight. In oh, and so out. you went? And oh, I did, yeah, on Sunday. I really bought my ticket to go see Spiral. saw. It was like the new Saw movie, so yeah, and there was a lot of people in the theater too. Nice 93 minute movie, in out, you know, a couple previews. You know, it was great being back there with Soda and the popcorn, you know, being a couple people again and seeing the movie. Didn't think Spiral's gonna be the first one, but couldn't uh, couldn't miss that one. Well, without delving too uh, too deep into it, did you at least have a good time watching the film? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, uh, I can't really get spoilers away, but Chris Rock was really good, and, and Samuel Jackson uh, was just Samuel Jackson. You get what you get. Um, you know, I, I Motherfuckers. The only is that the trailer gives it away that it's not uh, Tobin Bell's voice anymore doing the voice of the puppet. It's somebody else's mm-hmm. voice. Um, and it just sounded too much like Kermit the Frog. The entire time. Like, good evening, Mr. Choice. And I'm like, you live or die. You must cut out your face. Or like, there was something so much sinister about Tobin Bell when he would pop up yeah. with Billy the Puppet. You know, just doing that gravelly voice, like, make your choice thing. But now you have this person sounding like a Kermit the, uh, the Frog. And it kind would of you like away. to people play a game? Little... That's exactly how it sounds like, too. Hello, Detective. Time to be green. <laughs> Well, in order to there are spikes on your head, and in order to get them, you must have to take off the title pole. That's literally how it's done. There was people around me laughing with me. I was like, "Thank God, I'm not the only one in the theater laughing at this obnoxious voice, you know, doing this narration." But uh, overall, 
it was a fun movie, and like I said, 90 minutes, you're in and out. Um, but uh, definitely did not feel like a Saw movie, and I think that was what I wanted. Because after Jigsaw in 2017, I was kind of over it. I was kind of over the whole Saw thing. But this one brings you back a little bit. But uh, definitely worth seeing. Again, no spoilers, but if you want a theater experience, you can go and do it. Otherwise, wait until this Halloween when Saw from the uh, Powerful Book of Saw hits uh, stars. Uh, it's Halloween. So you can watch it on the movie channel or streaming service of your choice, I guess. It stars your streaming service. Watch it. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a good time. It was fun to be back in the theater. Cool, man. I'm 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 g- glad you had a good time, man. Yeah, it was, it was well worth it. Yeah. I mean, I honestly thought that was going to be my first trip back, and then Halloween, but I just I had to see Spiral. I was like, it's it saw. You know, I'm going to get back in there on a Sunday matinee. Tickets are as expensive as ever. Thank God that didn't change. Billy <laughs> went hog wild. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, when you you're gonna say that. When you watch the movie, you're gonna be like, "Oh my God, the king was right." It sounds like Kermit the Frog trying to be sinister. Like this entire movie, whenever there's a tape popping up, uh, it's just, it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, anyway, Dean, moving on. What else do you have for Harney? Oh, so many things. Um, just a quick R.I.P. to uh, <laughs> quick R.I.P. to to Desiree Gold, who played uh, Aunt Martha uh, in in Sleepaway Camp, uh, one of the most unique and wonderful entries in the world of '80s horror. She died at past at uh, 76 years old. So, um, you know, just a quick, quick have mention. That. No, no, no. <laughs> quick mention. We can't have that now. Oh no, no. That's why I wear the red <laughs> string around my finger. To remember <laughs> she, she played such a great loon in that movie, man. I know. The gate. But we hadn't even really started yet. And already she's like, hello there, children. Like, you know, it's like, wow. It's like, we're not even in the horror section yet. And she's just like crazy as shit. But still lovable at the same time. So, yeah, when I saw that, I was kind of sad. Like, but the only other twist in the movie, aside from the chick with the dick, is, is Aunt Martha being fucking insane the entire time. Absolutely. <laughs> the fact anyway, that, she, just, uh, uh, that, that she did it. She done did it. Yeah. She oh, done yeah, did she it. So. Just wanted a quick mention there because, you know, that's one of those that I feel has uh, left its mark on, 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 on countless young horror fans. And, uh, you know, it's just wor- worthy of a mention. So, uh, and speaking of other films uh, from the 80s, uh, it seems that uh, Spyglass and director, director uh, David Bruckner, who uh, have been uh, filming a reboot of Hellraiser uh, that is going to be based on Clive Barker's novella, uh, The Hellbound Heart, as well as the 1987 film, uh, have decided that their Hellraiser reboot is going to completely skip theaters, and when the time is ready, it will make its debut as a Hulu exclusive. Uh, This is not to be confused, not to be confused uh, with the Hellraiser TV series uh, that will be coming to HBO Max uh, via David Gordon Green. Uh, So, you know, just some updates in the Hellraiser universe. Know, as currently stated. Who Man, look it? at Clive Barker pimping this shit out so we can get some of that money back. Good for you, Clive Barker. 
<laughs> I don't blame them at all. I'd be pipping at that too. <laughs> you got the properties. People are going to want to listen to and watch it. So hell yeah, I'd whore myself out. Look at Stephen King. Dawa Dawa Bills, y'all. Who wants to make another adaptation? I got another book coming out. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep it going. Stop Keep it going. You wouldn't do it, monkey? I know you wouldn't. Hell yeah, man. I have no problem pimping that shit out, especially when he's constantly working on new stuff all the time. It's just, and he just settled that lawsuit like within the past year. Is that right? You know, to finally get the rights back to the Pinhead character. Yeah, to the Hellraiser film, the first one. He finally got the yeah. rights back. To the, you know, yeah. Yeah. So hell yeah, it's like you, you sit there and take that, and they sit there and build, build an entire entire franchise on your shit. Hell yeah, pimp the shit out of that stuff, man. Because you know he's not partial to it. Like you know, this was my dear love child. This was my creation. You know, you know, Clyde Barker was pumping out books like a motherfucker back then. You know, it's just. You know, for him to sit there and take that and finally be able to get the rights back and actually hopefully get some money back off of all that shit, yeah. <laughs> you do what you got to do, man, and you pimp that shit out. Why you go yeah, around sounding like, like, like... <laughs> Why you go around sounding like an old Jewish lady? Yeah, I wrote Clyde Barker back in the day, and this is what it was like. Okay, and that's a Hellraiser thing, and I like the pinhead. Because, unfortunately, that's what he's like now. Poor, sweet, pretty motherfucker that, like, he used to be in the 80s, but no. <laughs> Pinhead going to be like, time him. to pay. <laughs> pay to help for you. Yeah, no, time cut him, Barker Monkey. Unfortunately, all those cigars and all those random, you know, case sex that he had back in the 80s, it's uh, like a soul on Sliding down the way that he does now. He's still around. He's still kicking Unfortunately, he never really got it like Stephen King did, because that guy, like you said, Monkey, he was always fucking putting out a book. Always new content, always short stories, all these books, and never yeah. quite landed like he did, because his stuff is fucking weird. I mean, that's the problem, is that his stuff is out there. You know, Stephen King, was, as as crazy as his stories go sometimes, you know, he tries to keep it in Maine. Like, you know, there's some weird happenings going on in Maine. And Clive Barker's like, and then he whipped his dick out and it was covered in leather. And then it was crazy because the music came out. Whoa. What? <laughs> we can't make this into a yeah. feature, but that's Clive for the book. Yeah. This is, this is what happens when gay guys watch hentai, right? <laughs> they start writing this kind of weird shit. They do. It's going to happen. Okay, you know, trust me. Yeah, just read any of Clive Barker's books, Matt the Hellbound Heart. You know, like Mr. Pegon or Cold Heart Canyon or even Cabal, which is based on uh, Nightbreed. So, yeah, he, he goes places. He takes choices. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I'd be looking forward to <laughs> both adaptations of the David S. Goyer, David uh, Gordon Green one and uh, the Hulu one, the Hulu Razor, as it were. But all right, Dean, what else do you have for us? So, tomorrow, one of the most <clears throat> beloved Scream Queens will turn... 63 years old, and I'm talking about none other than Linnea Quigley herself. And yeah. to celebrate, to celebrate this birthday, <laughs> teaming up with the free Fuse Sweat streaming service uh, to celebrate Linnea Quigley's birthday, uh, they are going to be showing for 24 hours straight from 1990. Linnea Quigley's horror workout. 
this one-hour special uh, will show <laughs> Linnea Quigley uh, taking a shower, uh, then warming up to go for a run where she will encounter uh, flab- flabby zombies who will follow her home and get led in poolside aerobics, and uh, then some girlfriends will come over for a sleepover and exercises, and you can be sure uh, that things will go bump in the night. So if you would like to spend uh, your day celebrating the 63rd birthday of Linnea Quigley, uh, you should look for the Fuse Sweat free streaming service uh, to be part of this 24-hour celebration. I'll be there tomorrow. Can't wait. I love that VHS. I, yeah, I was going to say, I, it, 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 it's a wonderfully horrible VHS from back in the day. It is so, it's so fucking awesome. <laughs> She's having no idea how to lead an aerobics course, but yet she's having fun, and then the big soul fight at the end with her friends. And then they quickly. She's at the top of my list, though, of the classic women that have never left the genre, but still love it. You know, to this day, you know, they love being in the genre. You've know, got to put due respect to her. So. I'll be a part of it tomorrow for 53rd. Definitely. Yeah, she was in like a not horror, um, and I'm sure that anytime Linnea Quigley has come up on our show, I'm sure I've mentioned this, but uh, she was in a non-horror kind of like screwball type sex comedy uh, from I think 1991 called Virgin High. Uh, that is just uh, mm. fucking hilarious, if I remember correctly. Um, like a a, a, a girl uh, gets caught by her parents. Uh, messing around with her boyfriend, so they send her to a boarding school, uh, and her, you know, sex-craved boyfriend, sex-craved boyfriend is, like, trying to get in to see her, and, like, Linnea Quigley is, like, the bad girl, uh, who everything, everyone kind of, like, thinks is a good girl, but is, like, sleeping with the priests, and, you know, and is, like, naked and wrapped in Christmas lights, and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff, so, uh, great fun, Virgin High, <laughs> Linnea Quigley, if you ever get a chance to check it out. <laughs> awesome, Dean. It's one of the rare times that she was in the horror film. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a horror film, but she was essentially naked the entire movie. But uh, moving on. Uh, so, again, happy happy birthday, happy early birthday to Linnea Quigley. I know you're listening out there, so happy birthday to you. Boobies. Um, <laughs> and uh, so uh, in Las Vegas uh, – oh, so topical. Uh, in Las Vegas, uh, there is like currently a good lotion. <laughs> yeah, in the basket. Uh, there is currently a store in Las Vegas called Nightmare uh, Nightmare Toys, and at Nightmare mm-hmm. Toys, uh, you know it's it's become like ground zero in the region for appearances and signings, and they have tons of collectibles for sale and all kinds of memorabilia and toys and and all of that oh. stuff. Uh, they are branching out even further, and right next door to Nightmare Toys, they are going to be opening Nightmare Cafe, uh, which is going to be a horror-themed restaurant. Uh, There is no uh, opening date uh, yet announced, but already on the outside walls, there are murals of Pennywise and Jason Voorhees. Uh, It's kind of interesting. I feel like the, like the days of like the theme restaurant, like came to their head in like the mid to late eighties. I didn't know theme restaurants was still like a theme. Like there was uh, like planet Hollywood, of course. And then there was all like the, um, like Jekyll and Hyde in New York was like a horror horror-y kind of place. <sighs> you know, so anyway. Nightmare Toys. Well, Hollywood successful. is obviously still around. And I mean, right is over it really Madison still around? Ave- yeah. 
I thought uh, they sh- I, I thought they closed down. So, it's good to know you can still get Did a shitty have- ass hamburger for nineteen dollars. I mean, I know when I was big, Twitch Cat was uh, 15 years ago or so. They they were still there. Um, uh, but that was 15 years ago, man. I know, but you know me, man. I don't I don't think that far. But uh, I know, like right up in Edison, and they have another one down in like the Mount Laurel Cherry Hill area as well. They have like an anime restaurant, um, which you know, like is serving like certain types of ramen and and other Japanese themed things while having you know, cartoon characters and, and animes playing on the uh, the screens around the place as well. Um, so I think it's it's one of those things that's kind of making like a small but steady comeback. And it doesn't surprise me to have something like that in Vegas, yeah. a part of the fun there. I know well, there's been a couple they, of horror-themed restaurants that have been trying to open up, you know, like heavy, heavy horror-themed kind of stuff. And like you said, uh, Ghoul, is that even in downtown Lancaster where King and I live, there's a little ramen place where it's like they play anime. They've got an old school Nintendo 64 back in the corner for the kids to play, that kind of stuff, you know. But they're they're showing up. Uh, sorry to cut you off, uh, Dean. What were you gonna say? I was just saying, uh, Nightmare Toys, you know, so doing so well that they've had the wherewithal to to enter the restaurant business. That's all. The, I mean, that like cool. yeah, the the scariest business of all to enter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean that's when the world's opening back up and Nightmare Cafe. I just hope they play episodes of Nightmare Cafe from 1992. That was a great NBC series starring Robert England, executive produced by Wes Craven. Yep, I'm taking a deep dive with that one. I know my Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because I lasted for one season and I watched every episode back in the day. It was on NBC and it was on 9.30 at night. I'm pretty safe. And I'll oh, huge. That would be so fucking cool though. <laughs> you go into the Nightmare Cafe, episodes of Nightmare Cafe, but that's so appropriate. <laughs> uh, moving on, Demos. Yeah. So, which story do I want to tell you next? Oh, uh, how about this one? Uh, Nineteen eighty-four publishing has decided that they are going to re-release on vinyl, CD, and cassette uh, the original Children of the Corn score uh, from composer uh, Jonathan uh, Elias. Or Ellis, or I can't read my fucking writing. But anyway, uh, so uh, for you music people out there, uh, Children of the Corn has a, has a notable score to it, and uh, you will now have your opportunity in July uh, to. There'll be two. There's two different vinyl versions. One is an orange splatter. One is a yellow splatter. I think the orange splatter is sold out, but already in the pre-order. But uh, the yellow splatter is still available, and of course on CD and cassette. So, um, you know, as properties continue to look for ways to make money, and then. I think that the vinyl is what is driving this because, uh, you know, vinyl is the hottest thing in music these days. Uh, yet another soundtrack to pick up. I recently uh, picked up uh, the, uh, they did a re-release of uh, Morcone's score from uh, The Exorcist 2, uh, which is just fabulous. And the, the vinyl record sounds stunning. So, uh, you know, more of these continue to, to pop up. And that's, that's good for all of us music people out here. So there's that. And then uh, 
Disney Plus uh, is teaming up with uh, Eli Roth and Zach Baggins uh, to bring you what they're <laughs> calling the, <laughs> the Haunted <laughs> Museum. Uh, we all know who Eli Roth is. Uh, if you don't know who Zach is, he's from Ghost Adventures, and I guess he's a he's notable paranormal paranormal <laughs> investigator. <laughs> Thank you, cool. Uh, he's from the, he's from a fucking Hobbit hole. Yes, <laughs> well, good it's for a hole in the ground, not a dirty, nasty <laughs> hole, a Hobbit hole. <laughs> a haunted Hobbit hole. The hole in your ass. A haunted ass. Hobbit hole. God, that sounds like fan <laughs> fiction if I ever heard it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm sorry for interrupting. Uh, Please continue. Oh no, that's fine. Interruptions are welcome and encouraged in some cases. But anyway, oh, sorry. Zach in Las Vegas has owned the haunted museum, which exists amongst thirty different rooms in a fourteen thousand square foot mansion featuring thousands of collectibles. Uh, featuring paranormal legends, true crime, haunted history, etc., etc. So, uh, on this Disney Plus series, The Haunted Museum, uh, they're going to be presenting the frightening and hellish tales uh, behind many of the objects featured in this museum. Now, what? Uh, where Eli Roth comes into this is that when they present the history of these different objects, each object's backstory is going to ho- have... Uh, it's story told in its own mini horror film, which Eli Roth will be scripting and producing. So uh, that is the premise of the Haunted Museum, uh, which is will be coming down the pipe sometime in the future at Disney+. Plus. What the fuck? I'm sorry. This sounds like the most fucked up idea from Disney here is to be like, okay, let's go through Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum and sit there and make a bunch of s- stories for kids about the fucked up shit that's in his museum. So let's tell him about Annabelle and the fucked up shit that happened there. But let's make it kid-friendly. Annabelle's not in his museum. That's in the Warren's museum. Get your frauds right. Yeah, seriously, Get your freaking... Yeah, get your frauds right. (laughs) I I thought he bought... (laughs) Damn it, monkey. I thought he bought that and put that in his museum. No, he didn't. It's still in the Warren's Museum. It's being upkept since they both died. I'm going to say, if you want to talk uh, about, like, fraud stuff, how he's got dirt from that house in Indiana that supposedly had 200 uh, demons in it. Or he's got Ted Bundy's yeah, eyeglasses. demon dirt. Demon <laughs> dirt. There you go. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about fraud, just them home long. Let's get them right. Get their museum demon right. Dirt. I mean, I heard that the Warren, you know, whoever whoever's handling the Warren estate, that they've been been thinking about shopping the uh, the Annabelle doll to the real doll company um, for for mass production as a haunted sex doll. So I can't see yeah. that going wrong in any way. <laughs> I wonder if some boners just popped up amongst our listeners or some of our hosts. Oh man, because yeah, because this works so well in cosplay. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Hey, there's probably a crowd for that. There's probably a guy at home who just wants a haunted doll to fuck. Could be his thing. I mean, you know, who knows? We don't change shame around here. Don't yuck their yuck. We're not judging. Exactly, yeah. We're not yucking anybody's yuck. 
want to fuck with Bill Waters. Oh, Bill Waters loves his mushroom too. No, no, it does. Waters can do that. Nine one one call. You know, hey, listen. It's, 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 it's like stick around. Tentacles and eighty-year-old women. You wouldn't think they'd go together, but somehow, somehow he does. Oh God. They say, oh, man, you, like, just painted a picture right there. Just, yeah, t- tentacles uh, golden girls right there. <laughs> Goddamn right, golden girls born. It's out there. It's fun. You know, because then they get tired real easy. Then you just don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> then they won't miss it the next day. But they'll remember signing over the will to you. <laughs> which, uh, which mansion would you like to visit today, guys? The one, the one in Fiji? The one down in Miami or... You know, which one? Oh, okay, that's right. You all laugh. You all laugh when I yeah, was going to get into that business. Yeah, you. No, 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 no. You, you earned that mansion. You earned that mansion with that 12 inches of mantingo dick of yours. All right? You earned that motherfucker. I'm not doing it at all. I just I want the room by the pool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you guys can just take whatever room you want. I took one for the team, guys. Like, that's how we can do podcasting for a Just because I took one for the team. I found out who owns the Gerber Foundation, and I just, you know, there's money in Kentucky did. Yep. Talking Terror brought to you by Sunrise Retirement Homes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I had to put the king somewhere, so I had to open up this retirement home. Thanks, not young and young. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you and the old people, dude. No, we need to. We need to have a conversation with the Blog Talk Radio, though, because I'm getting like up to up to date information here that uh, apparently, I guess, it's hard to to hear us right now through the Blog Talk uh, site. Like, it's it's not giving anybody any kind of live feed at this moment. So, and I have to contact. Are you hearing that info? There, feel like. From from a friend of mine who's listening, who, who sent me a message to let me know that he can't hear anything anymore. Now, of course, it is possible that he's going deaf, but you know, I don't know. I'm going to err on the side of uh, of caution here and hope that that's not the case. And instead, say, "Hey, BPR, get your shit together." But just remember, or, that is that uh, you can listen to us. You know, afterwards, uh, starting tomorrow, everything's available through all of your normal streaming content sites like iTunes and shit like that. Because, again, even though it's our 200th episode, again, always professional, you know, always on the technical side of things, making sure things are done. Because, you know, let's blame our producers. Oh, wait, who's that? Oh, that's us. So if you should possibly want to sponsor Talking Terror in any way, shape, or form, please feel free to DM any of the members of our show if you would like to financially support this show. Yeah, I know. That's contact the monkey. Yeah, contact the monkey for that. Contact the monkey. I mean, I don't know. He's handling BPR's all this shit. Off. Not like I haven't looked elsewhere, but Blog Talk is our home for right now. So it's 20 episodes. We're on brand. Yeah, we had, are. Uh, what else do you have for us? More Disney Plus stuff. We have Hocus Pocus 2. I have to catch up uh, on oh, fucking Mighty Ducks. And now that I have uh, I, I'm one episode back, I have one. I have one. I'm one episode back. I'm. I'm. I have one to go to be caught up. Um, oh, nice, nice. And I might even. Do, Very nice. I might even do that tonight. So, 
You uh, might. I might. I might one. join you with that. I don't know. It depends. It depends on how I'm feeling at the end sure. of the night. Probably I'm just gonna go to bed. Oh, I keep. I keep forgetting that one's out there. Crap, because I've been watching the Bad Batch and I totally forgot that Mighty Duck show was out there too. Yeah, you're only like you nine episodes behind, Monkey. Get with the program. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you though. After uh, after Falcon and Winter Soldier ended. Like, I really haven't, like, tracked to Disney Plus all that often. I find myself, like, forgetting about the Mighty Ducks. And, and like I said, though, now I also have the, uh, the new High School Musical, the Musical, the series uh, episodes to watch as well. So to, to get my, my, my teenage musical high schooler television fix on. I'm sorry, the what of the what of the what? Yeah, you know. Focus, focus. Listen, man. I, what can I say? Okay, I love shows like Glee and stuff like that. You know, sarcastic teenagers singing through their lives. You know, it's just it's something I enjoy. I'm not ashamed, man. I dig it. We, we, we don't shame. Man. Freaks me out, man. Freaks <laughs> you All right. So, what were you saying, Dean, about Hocus Pocus two? Monkeys uh, Disney sequel. Plus has announced that Hocus Pocus 2 is officially a go. It'll be directed by Ann Fletcher, and the original cast of the Sanderson sisters have all signed on uh, officially to reprise their roles. So uh, be looking forward to a release of this sometime in 2022. Uh, they have not specified when, but uh, I would guess maybe around the Halloween season of 2022, you'll be uh, getting the chance to check out Hocus Pocus 2, of which... We covered the original right here on this very program. I believe it was a pick of the Mad Monkey. Yes, it was. It was. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> how hard are you right now, Monkey, that we're getting a Hocus Pocus 2? You must be fucking staging right now. You know how I am about Ben Midler. And it's like Ben Midler always gets me hard, especially when she sings. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like fucking tea. I'm not judging you here, man. I told you, I had that like that hardcore porn magazine, dude, that I had gotten from the fucking train station in Freehold Borough. And for whatever reason, man, there was this 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 one spread that was going on in that mag that that had this this these two chicks in like real like Victorian era, like elegant looking like like sexy lingerie and stuff, you know, hooking up with each other and hooking up with some dude, and the one kind of looked like a, a like a, a young hottish looking version of like Bette Midler and you know what I, I was never able to look at Bette the same again and uh, yeah it, cha- it changed her forever for me alright there you have it the ghoul is spoken cute as a button ghoul <laughs> so now it's been announced yeah. that Alejandro Aja uh, teaming up with Amblin uh-huh. Entertainment, his next uh, feature film is going to be a film uh, based on the Choose Your Own Adventure book series, uh, being compared to probably something along the lines of uh, the Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which actually got sued. Uh, by Choose Your Own Adventure because of the using of the Choose Your Own Adventure name. But really? given the concept, uh, yeah, given oh. the concept, uh, it's most likely that this is a project that is being conceptualized for uh, for a streaming service, uh, given the concept. Um, I think it's pretty cool. 
Uh, I am I have forever been a humongous fan of the Choose Your Own Adventure book series, going back to when I was oh, yeah, yeah, read like just about all of them. I actually have right now. I have Snow Trap and the Abominable Snowman in my classroom right now, this very minute. Um, and nice, I dude. just uh, you know I you know I would be keeping my me personally would be keeping my eyes uh, to see if this one is going to come to fruition. Uh, but it's looking like that's going to be uh, the next project. That notable director of Jean Rapper. That that's weird though, man, to sit there and just think that Choose Your Own Adventure is still a like um just a a label, a name that's out there that has copyright to it. You know, as you know, those of us growing up in the 80s and stuff like that, you know, I, I just thought it was like an abandoned kind of project. And I find that cool that they somehow still have some kind of legal ties. I guess. I mean, you know, I don't know. I would – like, here's the thing for me, right? Like, if Choose Your Own Adventure still existed, I would rather hear about it in, like, a news story talking about, like – Hey, you know, kids still read Choose Your Own Adventure books. Not, hey, Choose Your Own Adventure fucking dug itself out of a grave somewhere to sue some company that decided to make a fucking Choose Your Own Adventure-like show slash movie, and they happen to use that term in their advertising or somewhere in the phrasing of the film. So, you know, they decided to fucking, you know, buckle up and fucking grab some, uh, some cash from Netflix real quick. But that's what's Good confusing point. to me, though, Titles aren't copyrighted. Like as far as I knew, like titles, like you could mix Gone with the Wind right now, and you can't get sued because titles aren't copyrighted. So well, no, no not necessarily. Uh, Something like Gone with the Wind, though, is uh, it probably falls into that whole based on when it was either written type of copyright, kind of like Frankenstein and shit like that. Um, public like, domain. Right, like, here, here is some info for you. We wouldn't be surmising. Well, I have this info shit. in the first place. You know what? If you're going to complain about the way that I do things around here, that you're more than happy to take over uh, this segment uh, if I'm not doing it to your satisfaction. Girls, Girls play nice. Girls. Yeah. But not educate. <laughs> the Choose Your Own Adventure series was a concept created by Edward Packard. And uh, it goes all the way back to starting with one that was called Sugarcane Island in 1976. Uh, Choose Your Own Adventure as published was published by Bantam Books uh, during the 1980s and 1990s, and they sold more than 250 million copies between 79 and 98. Uh, Bantam, uh, now owned by Random House, allowed the Choose Your Own Adventure trademark to lapse, and then the series was relaunched by Choose Co., which now owns the trademark. Uh, Choose Co., does not reissue titles by Packard, who has started his own imprint, U-Ventures. In uh, January 11, 2019, Choose Co. initiated a a trademark infringement legal challenge against Netflix for the film Black Mirror uh, Bandersnatch. I'm going to try to find more information. It wasn't even the original fucking creators. It was the fucking assholes that threw some money at an old fucking copyright and then decided to turn it into a fucking lawsuit to try to milk some money. Fuck you very much, okay? Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you even harder. 
Go eat a bag of dicks. At least if it was the original fucking people that created it, I'd be like, all right, well, listen, they're trying to, you know, try to re-up some money that they didn't get from the, that kind of shit being out everywhere back in the day and people not getting paid for shit. But nah, it's just some other fucking asshole. they go suck a big bag of dicks. <laughs> President. <laughs> well, hey, business right. is business. And then finally, uh, so related, uh, I had talked about numerous times about the other concepts surrounding the film that we'll be talking about momentarily, of course, that's being Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, uh, and how there is going to be uh, an anime as well as a prequel live-action film uh, that is going to be based on Matthias Schweighoffer's character Ludwig Dieter. Uh, It turns out, it turns out that uh, the Army of Thieves prequel uh, centering around Dieter uh, is actually uh, just about close to being finished. And not only is it starring Schweighoffer, he also has directed this film. And right now they are just about done with the editing process and the film is just about complete and uh, will probably be released uh, Netflix in sometime in the very near future. Um, I didn't realize that this film uh, was was done or was even in production. You know, it was just like, here are the plans for the Army of the Dead universe, and one of them is going to be this. So, uh, Matthias Schweighoffer, uh, not only starring in it, also directed in it, and said that the editing process is just about to... Okay. Uh, great. So, that is what's going on those are the things that I came here tonight to talk about okay take us into the movies tonight Army of the Dead directed by Zack Snyder <laughs> let's get it uh, on yes, I will <laughs> take us into the movie tonight Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder Thank taking you. place uh, in Las Vegas uh, it follows a group of experienced mercenaries uh, into Vegas, which has been overrun uh, by a zombie apocalypse, and Las Vegas has been completely walled around, and uh, excuse me, uh, Bautista's Scott Ward uh, is approached uh, by a mysterious businessman, uh, Tanaka, uh, to put together a team or to go into Vegas uh, to recover the hundreds of millions of dollars that are still in the vaults uh, deep below the casino. And uh, they're on a time schedule because the government has decided that in order to eradicate this Vegas problem, that they're going to drop a low-level nuclear bomb uh, on Las Vegas. So fittingly, on July 4th, uh, to you know, a, a, a eradicate the problem. Unbeknownst uh, to our team is that the zombies have evolved uh, and have a leadership structure and uh, you know all of this factors into the choices and sacrifices that are made in the quest to obtain more of the almighty dollar so uh, those are the loose uh, threads of Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead uh, which I know that we're all so excited to talk about tonight and I've been waiting all week 
and I just I have to do this immediately because I can't wait any longer. Uh, King of Horror, please tell us what you think about Army of the Dead. Oh, hold on. Tell us what you thought of it, Dean. I don't know. No, I am. I am. I am changing the format. Uh, the King of Horror. Must wow. We are fucking. We are screwing up episode two hundred here. Okay. So King We're not goes screwing first. up anything. We're, we're not screwing up anything. This is this is pressing information that we we must hear first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sure, I'll go first. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, yes, you will. So then you can take over. Um, yeah, I, I I went into it like Dean, like you had said, just kind of clear your mind, be as unbiased as possible. I know you hate that Snyder, but try to do it. And I did. I made it 10 minutes into the movie before I really started to fall apart, um, mainly because it, it was uh, – I guess it was just Richard Cheese's Viva Las Vegas that went on for too long where I had to hit the mute button after a while to watch what was going on. Um, but ultimately, two and a half hours, Zack Snyder doesn't know how to shoot a movie. He really needs to stop smelling his own farts and become not his own DP um, because he's blurry as anything and does not know how to do anything that's not cool or slow motion. Uh, so I had a problem with blurry shots. Um, the story is so full of holes that it's almost impossible to watch when you really pay attention to what's going on. If you're, look, if you're looking for a zombie movie that is a heist movie as well and you don't care about details, I can see why you'd like Army of the Dead because it does have some action in it. It does have some uh, cool zombie things going on. But as far as the plot goes, it's terrible. Like that, I can't believe that he handed in that script and they said, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's just it, it's threadbare. Uh, it, Batista's great. I will admit that. I love Batista, so I was already happy to see him in this movie. Um, but giving him a daughter where their relationship is so just paper thin, um, I had a hard time with it. I, I just found no sympathy with it. Characters disappear without explanation or reason. Um, some that are even like plot points, gone. And I will end it with this. I, I'm sorry, and I don't know what you guys think, and I'll actually get your opinions on it. But I was so fucking angry at Zack Snyder for ending his movie with the Cranberry Zombie. That song does not belong in this movie. That song is a song that actually gets me emotional when I hear it because of the content, because Dolores O'Riordan is no longer here with us, and I loved her voice growing up and hearing her guitar work. Just because the fucking song has the word zombie in it doesn't mean that it should be in this movie to follow what follows, and we'll talk about it. But those are my thoughts. I, I got plenty more to talk about with these plot holes. But Dean, what did you Extre- think about Army of the Dead? Extremely inappropriate to use that song. Sorry, Dean, as you were saying. Uh, I don't know if it's extremely inappropriate to use that song, but what I will say is that, um, you know, I don't know if there was any... any uh, misunderstanding or anything misconstrued about my own personal feelings about Zack Snyder, because uh, the truth of the matter is, is that I, while I enjoy, you know, and, and, and we're not here to, to talk about this, but while I very much enjoy uh, Zack Snyder's take on, um, on Dawn of the Dead, like I'm really not all up on a whole lot of the rest of his work. So I certainly wouldn't, categorize myself as a Zack Snyder fanboy or 
Zack Snyder can do no wrong or any of that because like I don't even I don't even know like his other shit. But anyway, um, this is one that I've been following uh, for a while, and since I, you know, very much enjoyed his take on 2004's Dawn of the Dead, I was excited to see what he would do with pretty much a, a limitless budget for making this type of film and all of the creative freedom that Netflix affords uh, their creatives. But I was looking forward, so looking forward to watching this. And I have to say that I, I, I truly cannot believe how much of a fucking mess this film was. Um, <laughs> there, there, were, uh, there were action set pieces that I thought were really cool. Um, and I was into some of the characters. Uh, but I just couldn't believe, uh, A, uh, yes, and, and, and similar to what the king said with plot holes, certainly – but I also can't, couldn't believe the amount of things that they so specifically set up and then didn't deliver mm-hmm. on. And I don't, think yeah. in the, in, I don't think it was something like, oh, we're going to trick you out and throw red herrings. It was just messy filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then delivering like an unsatisfactory uh, conclusion. It just, it just didn't seem to fit what... Uh, this film was being framed as being. So while there were some cool action sequences that I liked and there were some cool gore effects um, overall, and we'll get into some of the specifics as this discussion unfolds, but overall, I really just felt for the most part that uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead was kind of a disjointed mess. Good. Uh, Well, what do you think about Army of the Dead? I think that I don't know how many times any of you guys watched the movie. I actually watched it twice. I, uh, I ended up watching Ow. this on Saturday. I watched <laughs> it on Saturday um, when I knew that I had the time to watch it as well as wanting to make sure I avoided any and all kinds of spoilers leading up to the show right. because, you know, I know obviously there are people that, that we know that are all into this kind of community and shit. I just didn't, didn't want to risk it. Um, right. My, my initial thoughts watching it that time with expectation, uh, I was a little bit disappointed with the with the movie. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I uh, I kind of agree where I feel like there were a shit ton of things introduced in the film that never amount to anything. And you know, yeah, it's not a matter of there being like red herrings or we're trying to misdirect this and that. No, I think it's just that Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder is really good at building a large table. And within that table, he can give you like a, like, like a good DM, you know, in a, in a, in a good Dungeons and Dragons game. He can start to, to build this, this world for you. The problem is, he has no idea how to fucking execute any of it because he just starts throwing shit out there and he puts this in, he puts that in, he starts, it's like, hey, I would try to throw as much shit to the wall as possible and see what does and doesn't stick. Unfortunately, it doesn't even make it to the fucking wall. It's like he's throwing air balls half the time and they're just plopping onto the goddamn floor. Um, you know, it's, it's infuriating at times. Now, this was how I felt after watching the movie the first time. 
going back into it the second time, which was today, I will be honest with you, I found myself enjoying it a little bit more knowing what I was going to get out of the film, knowing that I wasn't going to get specific things that I was looking for, knowing that certain things that are going to be put out there are not going to get answered. Um, I know, you know, I've said this a billion, zillion times, but this specific movie was meant to be a limited series. I don't mean a show. I don't mean an ongoing series. I mean a limited series. You give this something like The Stand, where you have like anywhere from a five to nine episode run, you would have enough time to develop all of these characters. You would have enough time to make us care more about all of these characters. And you would be able to build and create this world properly where this heist comes off like a very fucking high impact action style thing. But you had people dying along the way, not just this big fucking smorgasbord of bullshit that came out of nowhere. So, so there. I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't love it either. Yeah, I didn't hate it. Okay. Uh, monkey, what did you think? What about you, Monkey? All right, this movie. I was so fucking excited about it. Like, I, I was so excited about this movie. It's, again, you know, you put Batista in anything. Trey Young. You know, sorry, the Knicks won tonight. Sorry, yeah, interrupt you. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks, That was awesome. I, I appreciate you interrupting my, you know, speech here to sit there and talk about NBA playoffs. You know, when we're... The New there, York there's, fucking actually, there's, Knickerbockers, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just, okay? I, I'm just saying, playoffs, you know, when we're, when we're... I'm just saying, we're supposed to be fucking watching Game 7 of the fucking Islanders, bitch, all right? That's what I'm fucking saying. All right, but anyway... <laughs> all right, anyway... Monkey, what did you think of the movie? I'm trying to get there, motherfucker. Yeah, All right. I'll, Fuck. I was so excited about this movie. I like I was honestly really, really hoping to be able to throw a huge fuck you into the king's face. And just be like Zack Snyder made a really, really fun movie. Because like you guys, you know, me too, I'm a huge fan of you know, the Dawn of the Dead remake that he did. Like, I, I really like it. I really, really do. It, it's a fun movie. But it's just, you know, we're, we're talking about a movie where he had $90 million. And he said this was his vision of the movie that he always wanted to fucking make. And with that, he ripped off a shitload of movies the entire time. Ripped ripped off a shitload of characters the entire time. It's like, it wasn't a fucking grand vision. It wasn't he had this ideal story. He had these ideal characters. No, what he did is he made a big-ass fucking episode of Robot Chicken. That's what he fucking did. Uh, I want to sit there mm-hmm. and throw all this fan, sh- fan shit in there the entire time. You know, he did not have a vision of a unique story. You know, and it's just... It, got to me because it's like the entire time we have an adventure going on in the middle of the fucking desert. Everyone goes around and carries fucking gas tanks, you know, but they don't carry in the fucking water. All right. And, and then on, then on top of that, it's like, I got really pissed off because this movie is like, you know, being that I'm from a gun carrying family, this movie like is one of those movies where it fucking pissed me off because it fucking completely got rid of gun recoil. 
throughout the entire thing. You have Batista, the opening sequences, shooting fucking nine millimeters like a motherfucker, and there's no fucking gun recoil on anything that he's fucking shooting. I know he's a big motherfucker, but there's still a fucking recoil on a fucking nine millimeter, and it was fucking irritating the shit out of me. All right, and after we got through Maybe all, Maybe if you're a pussy, not just kidding. Okay, right. you go ahead and shoot a 9mm, and you, you tell me how much fucking recoil you get. All right? <laughs> okay. But, but, on the, but on top of all that, it's just we kept getting promised all this stuff that was over and over again. Over, you know, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. You know, this is great vision. And by the time it was done, we got a piece of shit film, and I felt like we just got J.J. Abrams. Once again, just like Lost, just like the Star Wars films, you know, it's just, it was another J.J. Abrams coming out going, I'm going to give you this awesome thing. And it lacked everywhere where it was supposed to shine. It was just a horrible, yeah. horrible film. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, to, to the ghoul's point where he watched it, like, the first time, and he didn't really like it, and then he watched it the second time without the expectations, you know, going into it the second time. Like, I don't... I mean, I don't know if it would really help. I mean, for, for I don't know because the plot points, the plot holes that you could drive a truck through are still there. They don't go away. Yeah. If you watch it again. Oh. The whole point oh. of the movie, where you have Bly Tanaka saying, you know, hey Scott Ward, I want you to get a team together and a cracker, uh, you know, a safe cracker to go into my uh, vault and get out the two hundred million dollars. Okay. Well, what are the codes? Never mind. Anyway, go catch yourself a safe cracker. Don't worry about it. The details. The details in this guy. Forget about it. Uh, okay. Well, sure. I'll, I'll I'll get it. Yeah. And you only have 32 hours to get through. Um, okay. So we're gonna show a bunch of zombies that also are laying in a pile. Hey, man. They're not really dead, but when it rains, oh shit, they get animated. Oh shit, that's gonna be a. Thing. Uh, it's okay. That's one of them. Oh, it's just. When you find out throughout the movie what the real story is behind the heist, why didn't Tanaka just fucking find a couple bums in the in the refugee camp and say, hey, listen, I'll give you all a million dollars if you go into that uh, place and get me a zombie head. Like, they would have gone running. They wouldn't even just try to stop them. They would have been, okay, jumping against the wall. But it's like, no, uh, we have to do this fake heist because, fuck, that work? I don't really even know. I mean, I, I, I don't. Well, here's a huge question right here, right? Okay, the Martin character, okay, Tanaka's mm-hmm. right-hand man or whatever, he gets the queen's head, and him and Lily are right there at the very, like, beginning area because you see the vehicles and all that shit that they're standing yeah, they, around. Yeah, they, where yeah, they're yeah. right there. All they needed to do was leave. That's all. Martin is yep, only there for the fucking head. Why did he go back to the goddamn hotel to go back down to the <laughs> vault and stick himself in that kind of situation? He got what he needed. He didn't want the money. They didn't need the money. They just wanted the damn zombie head. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but also, ahead, we're, watching a, we're watching a zombie movie, okay? And after we were done, the diva uh, pointed out a great match. She was like, okay. Anyway... So we're watching an action movie with zombies in it. Okay, and after yeah. we're done, the diva goes, okay, this took place in Vegas. Where are all the old people turned into zombies? Where are all the fat people that got turned into zombies? All right. Yeah, and then she's like, 
Well, they didn't want to turn no, the king on too much. No, and no. then she's like, okay, yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, then, and, and then I don't think goes, okay, where were all the minorities? If you're a zombie in Zack Snyder's universe, you're white, you're buff, and you're fucking cut. Because I didn't see any, like, any fucking Asian zombies. I didn't see any black zombies. It's like you, it, everyone that was a fucking zombie was white, buff, and cut. Because apparently if you're going to be the undead, that's what you need to do to sit there and fall into his zombie universe. Got to disagree with you there. I saw a lot of minority zombies. And especially in the casino sequence. There was a ton of different types of zombies in that sequence. Not just white ones. Hispanic, black. I didn't see any Asians, but I could definitely tell you that there was black and, and Hispanic ones in there. So there was a okay, cool. That's a, okay. I mean, maybe I don't sound like okay, a just, asshole, just, but I really, when I'm watching a zombie movie, the last thing I really give a fuck about are what minority <laughs> zombies am I fucking seeing? You know what? They're all fucking undead fucking creatures walking around. It don't fucking matter what they goddamn look like. Just have me fucking show me guts, show me blood, show me them eating shit. The last thing I'm sitting there pondering is, oh, was that a Hispanic zombie over there? Oh, is that a black zombie? Are they all getting equal fucking representation? I mean, suck my dick with that bullshit. I'm just saying, man. It's just it's everyone that I saw jumping on top of cars and all the kind of shit. They're all fucking white cut and buff. Every fucking Well, one that's because they're all the fucking superior race. What do you want me to say, man? I mean, give me a break. Wow. I fucking saw like four fucking characters that were like main character well, zombies. Everybody else was just fucking extras. I mean, you know, I, I okay, so that's your point, Monkey, about the whole thing, but you didn't have a problem with the fact that Zeus, the king zombie, started out as bald, and then all of a sudden he had hair, and he could also fuck? Yeah, we'll get into all of that later, because exactly like the ghouls said when he first fucking up the show, again, Zack Snyder can't fucking let go of the idea of, you know, zombie babies, you know, and zombie fetuses, because again, he didn't fucking, you know, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. He's like, no, this is going to fucking work. No, it didn't work then. I'm going to fucking make it work again. This is a great idea. I'm sticking with this. I'm keeping it to my guns, and we're going to sit there and carry this motherfucker over to this movie. It's going to fucking work. Just you guys watch. That's exactly okay, so what hold I'm on. If I, if I can interrupt on this one thing, here's something I'm going to yeah, mention and bring up regarding Zack Snyder and in this particular moment, if you realize something about this movie, two of the main things that are going on on the film are a relationship between a father and his child. You have Scott and his Mm -hmm. daughter. You have, obviously, Zeus, his queen, and their fetus. I mean, hell, you can even bring into, into the idea of the parent, Gita, and her children. And remember, we're talking about a director who lost his daughter, recently as well. So it's something that I think was interplayed into the film and probably there on purpose as, you know, a means of showing you that even regarding like, you know, with these undead creatures, because it's a smarter thing, it's, you know, it's got the ability. Obviously we don't get any backstory. We don't know if she was pregnant when she died. We don't know if he impregnated her. We don't know if these things have the ability to reproduce. It's very well possible. Um, We don't get any of that information, but it's all possible as far as these things go. Like I said, this guy gave a huge playground. This has got expanded universe written all over it. Unfortunately, yeah. it was just the, the, the main film was just done sloppily and, and without having that, that drive that we needed. Yeah, you're right. So, Sandbox yeah, is huge. There were just things, and, you know, things that, that I had mentioned before that I want to bring up too 
you know, the character of um, of Vanderhoe, uh, who spends essentially the whole film uh, watching Dieter work on the safe, uh, they made a whole production for him about what a badass he is and how he uses that fucking power saw, right? And we see Never some did. of his action. We see some of his action with the saw in like the opening Viva Las Vegas sequence as the city yeah. is getting walled off. And even says to you know that that other character, keep you know this is mine. Keep your hands off my shit. Like. We never even get him to see him fucking use that shit, you know? Like, just, like I was expecting, like, I was expecting at some point, to, whether it was in a sequence where he is just sawing away until he goes down or sawing his way out, that we were going to see that fucking thing. They, they featured that fucking weapon so much, and then they didn't give us a chance to see it in action. Like, what the fuck is that? And, uh, you know, well, yeah, but, but it wasn't even him using it when it got cut through the concrete wall. <laughs> and speaking of it you know, getting we, cut through the, the cut, we see it using it wall. in the beginning of the film during the montage. Right, well, yes. I said that. I said we saw we saw some of it in the opening Viva Las Vegas. As we yeah. saw the city getting walled off. But even still, as they were gearing up, and he there he was with it. I was like, all right, like I can't wait to see him fuck some shit up with that. And uh, you know, other things that Snyder like to do similar to what he did and if you think back in dawn of the dead and this is related to to martin uh you know the you know who was working for tanaka and um and lily if you think back to snyder's dawn of the dead in one of those down moments towards the end the asshole character of um of steve uh played by ty Mm -hmm. morell you know he says uh he says uh you know if something if i get bitten one of those things you know, just put a fucking bullet in my head. And, and Sarah Polly, you know, her character was like, oh, don't worry. I'll fucking, uh, you can be sure I'll take care of that. And, uh, you know, with Martin and Lily kind of having their banter and their back and forth when, like, they were out front, just the two of them with the queen, like, that was, like, they were setting that up to me for those two characters at some point to have a fucking showdown, especially the way he, he says to him, like, you fuck with me like that, it's going to be two right to the center of your head. Like, and then those characters just went in completely different directions, like setting up those relationships and those rivalries, like in any film, is, is what you look forward to in character interplay. And then even little things with Martin, they made such a big deal because he had the swipe card uh, for, for getting in and out, and he like had it on his like pull chain, and he was like, here you go, and he pulled it back and was like, haha, I'm a dick, but he's like, no, I have another one, and they made a whole point of showing yeah. him give the other one to Dieter, and then when he was making his break for it, they made such a big deal to show him swiping his card to lock the gate so they can't get out. Meanwhile, they had another fucking card down there with Dieter that they never <laughs> went back to and used. Like, there was just, just one thing after another like that. Like, and those are the kinds of things that, I, that, I'm, that I'm talking about. Uh, and then, of course, like, Tanaka being the, the you know, the, the evil, you know, the, the evil businessman who sets all of this in motion, like, you know, he just sits there, and yes, he doesn't get his fucking head, but he just sits there watching the nuke. There's no fucking comeuppance for him. Uh, it's just, there were just so many things left unanswered that never fucking took place. Then when it was all said and done, I was like, what the fuck? How come all of these things didn't fucking happen? Well, that's why my buddy brought up a point recently was, was, you know, Tanaka, we see at one point there were other teams. Yeah. Why did any of those other teams get the head? Why were they even in there? You know what I mean? If the entire time has been to get the fucking head of the queen, then why did they ever make it into the casino to begin with? 
Dale mentioned that's why he had to get the big guys. He had to get Scott Ward and his team because they could do it. Because obviously, yeah, he knows Scott Ward. Again, all they needed was the head of one of the alphas. I don't even know if they needed the head of the queen in particular. I think they just wanted the head of an alpha. So the the heist and all that shit, like you're telling me you couldn't get a mercenary team together just to go in there and get the head of one of these Just to go in and get a head. Just to get ahead, like he obviously he said that as far as the money uh, that was in the vault, he said like insurance had already paid him out, like he didn't lose any money. The fucking guy obviously has hundreds upon hundreds of million dollars. Exactly, he couldn't just pay a fucking team to go in and get an alpha. Like why keep the fucking con of sending these mercenary teams down to the fucking vault? And, and then what to send in to send in one work, to send in one mole to get the head? This is a governmental contract thing. You know what I mean? We would not have the movie if that happened. We wouldn't have Army of the Dead if it was that simple. That's why we have to have Army of the Dead, because that's why this happens. I mean, you're being sent to a vault with $200 million in it, and you go down there with backpacks to carry all that out, pallets of cash, and you're like, well, that's fine. We'll just carry it out in backpacks. <laughs> when he's talking to Chambers, Chambers, you know, the, the obvious aliens reference with the red bandana, she's like, Martin, I'm on to you, and don't you fucking do anything. He's like, all right, I got this bitch. And he locks her into a room. She comes crashing through the window plenty of time for Guzman to go over and save her. Plenty of time. She's like, oh, oh, God, oh, God. And Martin's like, oh, she's gone, man. She's gone. Like, you know, at any point, you could have ran over and gotten her. And at any point, Chambers could have been like, yo, Martin's a bad guy. He's fucking this over, y'all. No. She just she says, there run. And says Like, why don't you say Martin did it? You know what I mean? Like, you're dying, bro. <laughs> Yeah, and and then the whole shit of like you know they they sit there and shoot around into the gas tanks and ex- explode the whole fucking gas tanks you know and all that kind of shit. Guess what? You shoot a gas tank, okay? You're gonna shoot a hole through the gas tank. It's not gonna set on fucking fire, all right? Unless you were sitting there shooting trace around, and he was not shooting trace around through his nine millimeter, all right? Sorry, no. no. <laughs> Yeah, that was just for the cool effect. I mean, that, I, obviously, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like they have to do the cool blue explosion for, for Chambers' death. Um, and one thing that we didn't talk about is that uh, Tig Nakaro, who plays Marianne Peters, she's not in this movie with everybody else. She was CGI'd in. So she's doing all her parts by herself so in a green screen. So <laughs> there are some points where you could see that because there's some shots that are standing around with everybody else, and then all of a sudden she's gone. And then all of a sudden she's back. Then all of a sudden she's standing there again. Like, you know, I mean, I, I felt bad for her that uh, Delia, who was supposed to play some music, back walk away from the microphone while you're talking? <laughs> yeah, it can you on the bike, man. I can hear you, bro. <laughs> yeah. But, but on the flip side, though, it's like, you know, but but then we have, you know, Zack Snyder and his wife get on the high horse about, you know, this was a bad decision, you know, <clears throat> and we spent millions, millions, all right, to sit there and CGI him out of it. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, you sit there and take, you know, like, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, take 10 fucking college kids and just say, okay, you're going to be interns on our show. And, uh, you know, and this is all you got to do is sit there and just Photoshop this motherfucker out and Photoshop this bitch back in. All right? And I seriously doubt it would cost millions, but he kept talking about how much money it costs to sit there and do the proactive choice here of 
making the, you know, PC decision of taking this guy digitally out and putting in a new actress. Yeah. Well, well if I, I, mean, I don't understand. Oh, anyway. If I Go can ahead. real oh, quick sorry. on this, I mean, I might sound a little, a little dumb on this one, but I don't know. I didn't know watching this the first time that that's what happened with this character. And I'll be honest with you, she oh, was definitely. actually one of my she was one of my favorite characters of the movie. Yeah, she was kind of and funny, man. Know, yeah, she was I, great. I love her deadpan humor. I've seen her in some other things. Um, uh, there was a movie recently with uh, shit Rose Byrne and uh, Family Something, and uh, it was it was it was really it was like an adopting bunch of kids type of movie, and she's like the the she's somebody with the agency or some shit. But I like that dead. I like her delivery. I like her her mannerisms. It's funny. She actually reminds me very much of the kid that played Eddie, young Eddie in the It series. You know, she's just like an old woman version of him. Uh, but I had no idea she was not part of the original, like, filming or anything, watching it the first time around. And it didn't, like, I didn't feel like at any point did it feel weird. I felt like she kind of, like, blended in naturally enough. Um, you know, it wasn't until knowing, now watching it, you know, the second time around, knowing that that's what happened, now I can catch those things and see, like, oh, okay, she really isn't in that scene. Or, oh, you know, that's kind of weird. She's, like, walking there, but doesn't look like she's the same color as everybody else. Um you know, little things like that. But for the most part, I mean, I really enjoyed the character, and I, I thought Tig Notaro did a really great job. Oh, same here, dude, man. It's like every scene that she was in, I thought she fucking owned that motherfucker, man. I mean, what was her point, though? I mean, she's a helicopter pilot, but uh, you can't go in to Vegas uh, through a helicopter because of air-restricted space, but you can get out in a chopper. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, you know She's the second most important person there. She's definitely more fucking important than that guy. But why? No, but my point is, why can't you go in in a chopper, but you can go out in one? Like you should. It it doesn't matter in the end that you go out in a chopper. The military. No, the military will shoot your ass down if they see you flying in. They're not going to shoot them out going out. They're not going to see a chopper leaving Vegas and shoot it down. That might be one of those where. Yeah, I guess they probably would, but you know what? You're probably more apt to get away getting out than trying to get in, you know? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. That's, that's one I've never tried. I mean, I would never want to try it either, but I'm just saying that if you, they see a plane or a chopper or anything like that leaving, I think they would want to shoot it down because it's not supposed to be there, despite the, the nuke, you know, uh, landing in 32 hours, which, like the Dean said, has been pushed out because it's supposed to die, and that would be, quote, unquote, really cool. Okay, thanks, Zack Snyder, for that line by the press secretary of the United States government. But, uh, wasn't the president, um, president of the United States said that. I took it to be like a stab against Trump, man. That would be something stupid he would say. It could have been. It could have been. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. But, you know, uh, like we had talked about the uh, the King Zombie Zeus, you know, and I didn't mind it so much. But to me, Zeus is more of like a mutant than a zombie. You know, I mean, yes, he fights you and you become an alpha, like we saw that was coming, you know, the security guy. But he's, he's punching people like he's in Mortal Kombat. And, like, just the way he <laughs> runs and shit like that. It's like a Mortal well, Kombat you ready for this. You know that hmm, what okay. basically they're going with here is that it's possible that, that this is a soldier that's been infused with <laughs> some kind of alien DNA. The reason yeah, why I heard. he's yeah, a soldier is because he's got dog tags. Yeah. 
Um, yep. If you, if you watch the character, you can see his dog tag still around his neck. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, out of Zach and uh, Deborah's own mouth, uh, he could be an alien from, well, alien infused from, from Area 51 itself. So that, that's where they're going <laughs> with this one. Uh, the prequel, possibly. Maybe. It's possible. But you know, as things break down and people start dying off, like we, we, uh, we had, who was a very beautiful young woman who is, uh, you know, the partner to Ward and they're very close. Um, my problem is that at any point she could have said that she has feelings for him still, like before the heist, while they're planning the heist. <laughs> after the heist. But she waits until they're in the vault and she's like, hey, listen. I know we're about to be all killed by zombies, but hey, you stupid moron, I love you. And he's like, oh, shucks. Like, I kind of love you, too. I hope nothing happens to you. And then the next thing what happens, you get some. Wow. <laughs> this, this was a scene where it's like, as soon as that snap happened, I was like, oh, shit. Like, that was one of those scenes where I'm like, I was, did not see that coming. It's like, and it, it just fucking happened. I was just like, <laughs> and just, again, the effects of just, her with her face, neck snap, everything turn around, and she, and with the snap, snap neck, she's just staring at Batista. And Batista's like, fuck. Watching you, you told me you loved me earlier. <laughs> it's just, it, and just like we talked about with Martin, you know, he gets the zombie head, you think, okay, I'm going to step out now, you know, Lily's taken care of, that's not going to happen. No, he goes back to the heights so he can get mauled to death by Valentine the tiger. Like, that's the only reason that scene happened. The only reason why Martin went back is because Zack Snyder was like, oh, shit, we haven't used a tiger yet. we got to use it somehow. I mean, we fucking... <laughs> we put it Let's have Martin go back for some reason, and he'll get mauled to death. It was cool. Right, but wrong. That was like, like, surely we're going to see, uh, you know, the tiger uh, maw somebody. Right. And that's fine. That's great. Yeah. But I feel that that was the wrong character um, oh, for, I agree. For, yeah. for the mauling to happen. Yeah, Why? I, I couldn't agree more. But he was the one that spoke mm-hmm. about it the most. He mentioned the what tiger that? multiple he, times. Yeah, no, yeah he was the one who had... And, and granted, when all is said and done, essentially, you know, nobody made it out alive when all is said and done, but still, based on Martin's actions, like, like I said before, like, it should have been Lily or someone from the team that gives Martin his comeuppance for his double crossing, especially given oh. Lily, especially given Lily saying to him, like, like two in the head right there, right for me. Like that's what it should have wrapped back around to being in my opinion. I agree. I mean, agree. Like I said, it, it was, it was a, a poor case to do it with that particular character. Um, so you get to the point, I like, didn't the, feel the as Z much thing. animosity between Martin and Lily as like you guys are there. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I feel like if there would have been major animosity between the two of them, it would have been most built at the point of uh, when he screws her over to kill the queen, essentially. But like that kind of gets mm-hmm. you know kind of thrown to the side, and, and ultimately, I think the idea is by having Valentine kill him. You know, in a way, it's like, because we know that Lily, for all of her her wheelings and dealings that she's done here, she respected their ways. Um, 
So I kind of feel like, in a way, it's like the whole Valentine thing is, is a matter of that kind of coming back, you know, where she had respected the ways. The animal left them alone. This guy fucked everybody over, and that's why, you know, ultimately, yeah, the tiger is what kills him. Plus, you know, like you said, yeah. gives him a reason to finally use the damn thing. Yeah, but it's exactly. It's like what you – but what you're saying there, though, is also – then we sit there tying into the whole thing about Batista's daughter, okay, if she's the reason the rest of the party fucking died is because, she, you know, Batista exactly. said, you stay, you stay on my set. You stay with me the entire time. Things go fucking shitty, you know, if you don't stay on my fucking sex and stay with me. And what did she do? They, yeah, yeah, whatever, Dad. And then she goes and fucking wanders off the first fucking moment she can and thus causing all hell to break loose. But the survivors, the ones that are yeah. not dead yet, because we do have, like, Peter's still alive, uh, Ward, like you said, Kate's still alive, her friend Gita is still alive, she's in the Olympus Hotel with the other Alphas, so yeah, it's, it's Kate's mission to go save Gita, so now you're going to have to have Ward and Peter fly over there after Lily has been killed by Zeus, who can also uh, apparently teleport wherever he wants to, Yeah, because he yeah. went from that, that hotel, and then he, Jason Voorhees himself from Part 7, right back over to the Olympus, and all of a sudden he's standing in the hallway. And I was like, so he's Jason <laughs> But we've seen this. We saw this at the beginning of the movie, where, remember, he sounded like he was further away, but then he was close. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's so much as teleporting as it's a matter of, you know, he's just really fucking fast. I mean, well, that's just impossible. I mean, in the, the desert, it's fine because you're hunting and you're at least in the same area. He went from one hotel, like, across town. To the other hotel, and he was there. Like a chopper got there after him. <laughs> and all he had was a horse. So that's why I was like, okay, fine. You know, he can teleport. Whatever. I'm, I'm fine. I just watched uh, Scott Ward use a blackjack table to throw out a couple zombies, and then I see him struggle with a mattress. So there's just no. no uh, <laughs> Dude, you ever try to fucking wrestle with a fucking mattress, man? A blackjack table is like firm and sturdy with no give. Much easier to fucking pick up and move around. Trying to move a fucking mattress is a fucking nightmare. A heavy mattress could be a fish. <laughs> one in a hotel, dude. Those things are no, they're no fucking joke, yeah. man. It's probably yeah, like a table. Like you, can, you can get yeah. a grip on a table and chuck a table and flip a table, but a mattress, forget it. There's a hooker in the mattress. There's a hooker in the Especially if they went to 1-800-MATTRESS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mattress professionals. But as yeah. you said, the whole point is is to get Gita out of the Olympus and to, to get out of Vegas because that bomb is, is about to go off. So once they get Gita and Kate and Ward into that helicopter, there is Zeus standing on the rooftop. Could you wait any longer to fucking take off, Peter? Like you're leaning the helicopter for like a good solid minute and a half, giving him plenty of time to do his hero jump like Captain America and yank that fucking helicopter back onto the, the base of the hotel. But instead, he jumps in so they could have the big attack sequence, with, you know, which is cool. I didn't mind that so much, especially seeing the missile like, come down. And you have, you know, uh, Peter's wiping her blood off the windshield to see that, that missile go flying into to Vegas to destroy it as uh, Ward gets bit by Zeus before doing a quick shot and uh, killing him. Um, well, what happened to Gita? I mean, I, which is a whole fucking She died. <laughs> well, she just died yeah, in the helicopter crash. There's no explanation. She's just out of there. Like it's not, like it's not like oh, like if they had just shown me a quick shot of her body, I would have been like, oh fuck, she died. It's like Peter, Peter, yeah, exactly. 
if but you look she at the was side gone. of the helicopter she's sitting on, that fucking windshield is like literally a blood splat. So I have a feeling that she was just an exploded fucking being. Um, it wasn't much no, of like, a Just give me something. Give me more. But like the whole plot point was that she went to go save her, and she like, there's nothing. There's not like Vita, like not searching through the wreckage. She's just yeah. to go find her dad. Plot point was she was going to find Vita. That chopper crash. She's like, whatever. Like, I got to go talk to my dad now who's full of alpha and talk about lobster yeah. rolls and food trucks. Yeah, that's our connected one, tissue. One of, the, one of the things I found funny, because it was, uh, you know, such a, a, a big source of contention early on regarding the film, mm-hmm. you know, is, is the idea yeah. that there were robot zombies in the movie. Yeah, there were. Uh, that, that, I know. There, there were a whole whopping two of them that I remember seeing. One of them you see just because you see it. Might have even been the same one because you saw his glowing blue <laughs> eyes in the one sequence. And then there's yeah. a scene where when uh, they're, they're in the, the vault area and Scott shoots it and you see the sparks yeah. and whatnot fly from its head. But, you know, you never get mm-hmm. any kind of explanation as to why or nope. how this thing even exists at all. You sure don't. Why there was a cyborg human type of thing, you know, there <laughs> at all. Like, you know, I, I don't know what world they live in. I know it's supposedly somewhat, I don't know, somewhat close to current day. I'm going to, going to venture because I mean, we get in a, uh, it's one of those blink and you miss it moments. Uh, Tig is looking at her phone, uh, Peters mm-hmm. and on it has yeah. got a, uh, a news report about the Oh four <laughs> Milwaukee zombie issue happening um so that's the the tie that's the tie to dawn of the dead that actually is in the movie um so i mean if they're going to say that that was 04 then i mean i guess it's a possibility that this is 2020 2019 whenever the hell this movie was made um but welcome to the hall of presidents this is zombie yeah robot zombies do they have robot people walking around vegas now that i don't know about Fucking Westworld zombies. Yeah. That's what's going on. It's because they're setting up a franchise. Like, you know, you got to set it up. That's what Zack Snyder's thinking about. He's going to put them in there so he gets you thinking about it. Like, wow. We're not going to cross over with Terminator? Yeah. He's going to have to. There's no choice. He's going to make a part two. But, um, yeah, it's just it's one of the things where, yeah, people are saying blink and you'll miss it. No, you can clearly see it. It's not a blink and you'll miss it. It's <laughs> You see sparks popping out of the one zombie's head, like the fool said. You can definitely tell that that's a robot. That's not uh, for some reason. It's just, it is yeah, it is. because when you, um, when Zeus dies later, you see the little blue sparkles come out of him too. And the baby zombie, the fetus, had like blue coloring and lighting to him and everything, which I guess is indicative of his alien DNA and whatnot. But you know, like I I, I could see where it was easy enough to have missed it. Um, I thought like I had fallen asleep or something during the movie and missed anything to do with the robot zombies the first time I watched. Because there were UFOs at the beginning of the movie, you know, when they're talking about uh, Area 51. So they're, you know, that that is something that you have to watch towards the beginning of the movie where they do show like things in the sky as they're driving you know, the convoy. Yeah, you know, where it's like, okay, so now we're going to alien territory. Like especially when they do the Lion King sequence where Zeus holds up his baby, he's like, No you know, yeah. <laughs> he's like it could be an alien as well. But the the one character we didn't talk about who actually is still alive aside from Kate is Vandero, who got pushed into the vault by Dieter Jeez. sacrificing himself. So that Vandero could live. 
So Vanderhoof just kicks open that door, steps out. Oh, shit, I survived. Um, you're in the middle of a fucking fallout from a radioactive bomb going off. And you're yeah. just wearing a T-shirt. Let's just go ahead and walk for a while. I mean, it's fine. You're not, there's no such thing as exposure. Like, you know, it, no, no, you're Vanderhoof. You can survive anything. Like, we're not going to, like, uh, I don't know, I guess. He would be dead as soon as he got out. Okay. <laughs> Made no sense. Just so they could play zombies. That's the whole reason he had to survive. So they could play cranberries. Which, again, was just fucking wrong. Okay? Uh, just wrong to play that song in that movie. It's like, again, we're sitting there talking about a song about, you know, huge ass ties, the RRA, you know, we're talking about mass bombings, children dying and all the kind of shit. And they say, oh, you're the totally using this because they get in a head. zombie movie. It doesn't I don't think make it, it right. It, exactly. They could use it in every single zombie movie. It doesn't work. I mean, just because it has zombie in the title, that doesn't mean you can put it in your shitty zombie movie. You know what? Do a Shaun of the Dead and put Zombie Nation at the end. Why not? doesn't fit either, but still, it's a, you know, a song that has zombie in, you know, in, the, in the song. But just, it didn't make much sense. Um, but anyway, so Vanderbilt arrives to get to the plane where I need to rent that private plane. I don't think so, sir. You're looking kind of dirty little ragged. Oh, I got fat stacks. Can't see over these Boom, fat man. stacks I got. <clears throat> so let's take off and uh, fly away someplace, maybe over Mexico City. Who knows? Doing champagne with the girls, the sub girls. Uh, oh, man, How I'm not doing, doing so well. <clears throat> oh, I'm bit. That's crazy. So, again, Zack Snyder has no idea what to do about timelines when you become a zombie because exactly went away. Or does it happen a day from now? I mean, the alphas, they turn right away. Or do they? We don't know because we don't know what bit him. But apparently it just it happened when it happened. Because it was still very much alive and just going, shit, as they fly over Mexico City. Like, okay, sure. Like, no timeline. Well, he has said that if he gets the go-ahead for a sequel, that, uh, you know, New Mexico is where... It's going, um, and that he has, you know, supposedly definitive ideas uh, as far as what he would want to do with the uh, the future of this. But what I know we are getting is a prequel featuring our lockpicker, Dieter, and uh, and an yeah. anime series as well that's going to also be a prequel. So, yeah, but again, that's the problem though. Is like again, he falls in the same thing of you always have that one character that turns later than everyone else. They establish timelines. You see things happening quickly about who turns, who doesn't, blah, 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 blah. And here we have a guy at the end, you know, being able to make his way all the way out of fucking vault, all the way out of the fucking debris, all the way out of the fallout, to make it to an airport, and then sit there and be like, oh, okay, I'm kind of bitten our type. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing really to it. Sentiment. Yeah, it's all that adrenaline, dude. Cool. You know who said that he went back for seconds, and you know this is this is one of those issues for me that you know we'll see what happens, but it's just kind of how I feel uh, just in general about movies that are made uh, by a streaming service, like specific uh, to a streaming service. Now. I don't know that I would go to Netflix and queue up Netflix 
and select Army of the Dead and watch it again. But I do know that on the other side of that coin, even given my feelings of the film, uh, there were parts of it that I did enjoy and that this is one of those films that if I'm just laying on the couch and flipping channels and, oh, hey, look, it happens to be on, like I'm going to fucking hang out with it for a while. But I don't know that I'm going to go see yeah. it out and purposefully watch it. But now that it's strictly just to Netflix, like that opportunity for just to be flipping channels and seeing, see, seeing it on is, is not going to be there. Uh, so I just, I don't know what my, what the future holds for me and, and whether or not I'll, I'll even bother to watch it again. Yeah. And it's also hard to tell with, with army of the dead too, <clears throat> because like the, the Dean had said, this did have a theatrical release before it hit Netflix for its official kind of release on there. So the budget, $90 million, Updated as of right now, the theatrical release has made a million, um, and Netflix doesn't release numbers. They don't do that, obviously, because that's just not something they're known for. So, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see a $90 million film make a million dollars at the box office. It's kind of rough, but, you know, Netflix well, I think everybody knowing <laughs> that it was coming to Netflix, you know, I think that severely limited the box office as far as theatrically. You know what I mean? Like, I even... Uh, everything about that movie was, oh, it's coming to Netflix, it's coming to Netflix, it's coming to Netflix, and then like two weeks before it came out, it was like, oh, hey, by the way, it's going to be in the movie theaters. And remember, yeah, like, would... people, you know, movie audiences, like full movie audiences in general, because uh, of COVID, haven't yet totally returned to the box office, and this was also uh, going to, it was, it was also limited screens, you know, this was not a mega-wide release. Uh, some of the big chains didn't want to bother with it because of the theatrical window. Yeah. Which I reported previously on the news on the show. Okay, but on the flip side, it's like worldwide, it's like I've looked up and it's like 1.9 actually worldwide for for millions of dollars. Okay, but at the same time, it's like, you know, but we watched this and we checked it out and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, it's like by the time we're done though, it's like, for all the hate that we have covered on the show, it's like, you know, the Dean has sitting there giving us updates and updates and updates of what's going on with the show. And, like, we're here now. We watched it. We covered it. And it's like, by the end of it, it's like, no, but not not that we've done it. It's like, you know, I feel just, you know, personally, I just feel extremely let down and ripped off at the same time. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is. What it is. You know, I was, as we all checked it out, you know, and, and I got through it. I survived and thrived, as, as Marie Antoinette always says. But, uh, you know, we made it, and we got to talk about it. I like the fact that it, it's kind of that middle with this movie. Either you're going to love it, or you're going to fucking hate it, you know, or you're going to question it like we did, or you're just going to have fun with it. But uh, but that's another discussion for another day, because so, we're kind of close on time. So I wanted to get to my picture next week, so... Uh, palette cleanser, boys, uh, for next week, because this film officially dropped on Shutter, so I know that the ghoul and the dean will be able to watch it. So, from just this year, Steve Kutensi's Psycho Gourmet. Hell yeah! PG for, PG for sure, baby! <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Psycho Gourmet next week on the show by Steve Kutensi. Uh I can't wait to talk about my hunky boys uh, next week as a palette cleanser. <laughs> a fun, gory, funky boys. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I thought we needed a palate cleanser, just something we could just put on and fucking be like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> you know, so stay tuned next week as we talk about Psycho Gourmet. 
um, show, which you could also check out, everybody out there on Shutter if you have it, uh, and hopefully you could join us for that session. So thank you so much, Dean, for your pick. Getting to check out Army of the Dead, and hope to see you back here next week for Psycho Gorman. The, the the pleasure is all mine. And I do have to say that I I am I am I am glad that your attendance streak uh, carries on. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you glad that you were just like oh I'm not going to watch this and I'm not going to be on the show next week. Point no, I, I have a duty as the, the head of the show, the King of Horror, duty. to be here for every episode and to navigate <laughs> this shit. I have a duty, but anyway, so thank you for that, Dean, and thank you for for being with us uh, for now for these episodes and and not missing a lot. So it's been huge to have you here for that. Uh, but yes, thank you. So and Monkey, um, thank you as well for for joining us on this 200 episode journey. And here's a 200 more. Uh, go ahead and sign this one off. Absolutely, man. Thanks for listening to tonight's very special 200th episode of Talking Terror, and letting me once again come in your ear. Good night, everybody. All right. And why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off, boy, as we close out our 200th episode. Oh. So another 200 more, everybody. Stay scared. Yeah, bitches. (laughs) As we said at the top, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Block Talk Radio, Anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us there. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. You can find me there. You can find the ghoul and the dean on Instagram. You can also find me and the monkey, you know, posting constantly on Facebook. So we're, we're everywhere social media is. Let's hope for another 200. Uh, I can't wait to talk about Psycho Gorman next week and see what the next 200 episodes hold. So, as always, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, who might make an appearance next week. I don't know, Psycho Gorman. We'll find out. But give America strong. Watch horror movies. Until next time, folks, thank you so much. Zombie feeders. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.